This is Second Down on ESPN Radio. Christian Gokel, soon to be joined by PJ Zuko. I think oh, PJ got stuck going to get lunch or what, but we collectively, as a show, just going to have to absolutely relentlessly mock him uh, whenever he does get back. Got a lot to dive into on the show today. I'm going to ask for PJ's help and your help as we head into the college football season, uh, determining what a certain phrase uh, means that gets thrown around a lot in college football. So we'll dive into that coming up here in a little bit. Obviously, the Braves continue that win streak, putting up a 10 spot against the Nationals last night. Uh, five straight games in which the Braves have hit multiple home runs. And I believe three straight where they've gone back to back as they do it again last night. Everyone getting involved in the action. Michael Harris, uh, the Braves superstar center fielder, uh, has now hit a couple of home runs now as well. So Braves on fire right now. Now you see the Mets to actually start losing some ball games because during this win streak, you've picked up five and a half games. But I think when you when you look at this part of the schedule and, and who the Braves are going up against, you're kind of hoping that you were able to pick up a little bit more. So we'll dive into that here as well. Uh, but something I wanted to talk to PJ about, and again, we're going to have to mock him relentlessly whenever he does uh, decide to join us here on the show. Currently, the Golden State Warriors need one more win to lock up another NBA title. And going into the series, I thought a couple of storylines were fascinating. Number one, the Boston Celtics, uh, according to anyone you talk to, Vegas, uh, ESPN's indexes, uh, Fox Sports, whoever you talk to, Boston was the heavy odds-on favorite to win this series. And as we sit here right now, they have their backs against the wall because they're coming out against a team that has championship DNA and their blood, right? Golden State Warriors, Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, Draymond Green, and I'll say this, Andrew Wiggins has shown up huge uh, in this finals for them, but I I just thought it was interesting at the beginning of everything that you're kind of sweeping aside the Golden State Warriors and saying maybe they're past their prime. Uh, Clay Thompson used to be considered one of the best two-way players in the NBA, uh, and now coming off that huge injury, is he even 80% of what he used to be? Steph Curry, it seems crazy, but he's 34 years old, right? Can he still just give you some of that finals magic? Can he do it? Can he win a finals again without a Kevin Durant uh, on his team? And then Draymond Green doing a podcast after the show. Is, is Does he have anything left in the tank, right? These were all the storylines before the finals, and now we sit here in the NBA finals, and the Warriors have looked like the Warriors, and Boston looks like the team who, for the most part, all these guys, it's their first time in the finals. Even the the biggest veteran on that team, Al Horford. This is his first finals appearance, right? So as we're talking about this series, I want to appreciate a couple things. Number one, the fact that the Warriors over a decade have been able to keep this together, right? To keep the big three that they have together. I know Kevin Durant popped in, won a championship, and then popped back out to start his own legacy. But the three that they built with, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson. Uh, yeah, PJ, we want you on. All right, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, uh, and Steph Curry, they've been able to stick together through a decade in the NBA and find themselves right back in the finals with a chance to lock it up the next time they play. But more so than those three, I wanted to talk about Steph Curry because we spoke about this last week. Doesn't have the finals MVP. And for whatever reason, people are just always going to go down the checklist and find something that they can talk about where it's, hey, why is this guy not good enough, right? Why is this guy not as good as Michael? Why is this guy not as good as LeBron? And I'm not saying Steph is, but I think we can say 
definitively, Steph Curry, to me, a top 10 player of all time. And revolutionized the game, revolutionized the value in which coaches took the three-pointers, right? Obviously, it's still worth three points, but the percentage-wise, right? The Billy Bean style of looking at basketball where it's, why are we shooting so few of these when it's worth more points than the ones inside? Right, the mid-range jumper, meh. We don't really need to do that anymore. We'll just kick it out to guys and let them drain these threes. But outside of all of that, outside of all the storylines, just watching one of the greatest NBA players ever do what he does, and I want to compare it to Tom Brady. Now, bear with me here. I know this is weird as we welcome PJ in from his lunch break. Uh, Tom Brady goes out. Wins a Super Bowl with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Comes back last year. Plays it down to the wire against the soon-to-be Super Bowl champs, Rams. And then we get the news that he's retiring. That Tom Brady's done. And I think that caught a lot of people off guard because, number one, he's been doing it for so long. But, number two, you just kind of got that thought like, oh, that was the last time we got to see the best at what he does do it. And we weren't aware of it. Right, The whole thing in life is like there's one time that your parents picked you up and that was the last time and you just never really realized it. Well, the last time you hang out with a group of friends, you don't realize it's the last time. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady, is. who's yeah. an artist, you didn't realize that you were watching him paint his last painting. And so everyone, I think, or I shouldn't say everyone, some people just don't like him, but fans of really good football, I think we're kind of like, damn. Yeah. Like that's the last time we got to see Tom Brady. Now, he is giving us a second chance, and maybe this was just all strategic from him. <laughs> giving us a chance because there really wasn't he didn't get a farewell tour, right? So now we kind of get to soak it in. I guarantee you, watch the ratings for the Buccaneers this year. Guarantee you they're up. And it's just gonna be people outside of that market watching those games because it's like, okay, this might be my last chance. Like I'll I'm gonna watch as many as I can because yeah. I don't know if anybody's ever gonna do it better. Right. And he's still playing at an amazingly high level. It's not like he's the guy where you're watching him. You're like, okay, this is sad at this point. It's, no, I get to watch Tom Brady do Tom Brady stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I'm kind of feeling that way with Clay Thompson. and Or not Clay Thompson, Steph Curry. And I'll say to a lesser degree, Clay Thompson, because you're getting to watch the big three, that big three together. But with Steph Curry, right, never seen anything like him. The greatest shooter in the history of the NBA. He's 34 years old. Yeah. Right, he he can't keep doing this forever. It sounds crazy, but we probably have less than five years left of Steph Curry. Right. Yeah. And so here he is in the finals as an underdog. This is something I want to soak in just as a sports fan, because it's not gonna be there forever. So right. as I'm consuming these finals, PJ, I don't know about you, but I'm more just like sitting back and like hoping for a game seven. Yeah. And a little bit of me is hoping they just go ahead, the Warriors just go ahead and finish out because I did pick the Warriors to win the series. And I'd like to see Steph Curry get another one so we can put to bed the whole he needed Kevin Durant to keep this going, even though he won one prior to Kevin Durant. I would love that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, but it's just, I think it elevates him even more. And I, would, I, I think prior to the last game, he had probably locked up the finals MVP if they won. But what, 0 for 12, 0 for 13? From three-point three yeah. range, like ended a, ended a ton of NBA streaks that he has. The records that are probably never going to be touched. Over 200 right. games in a row with I a th- three-pointer. Yeah. I think he had 38 games in a row where he had hit multiple. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. So it's just he had all kinds of crazy streaks come to an end. But I don't know. It's just 
we get it with some athletes where they do the farewell tour and you get to watch them, but you don't usually get them at the top of their game. And we've gotten like vintage Steph Curry in this series. And so like, I'm just hoping people are going past their hot takes and are able to just sit back and appreciate watching one of the, or not one of the, the best to ever do it. Yeah. No one's ever been a better shooter than Steph Curry. No. Yeah. No. Like Kobe Bryant, Kevin Durant, LeBron James, Michael Jordan. You can say they're better players. Kareem, right? Bill sure. Russell with his rings. You can say all those guys are better players. Nobody's nobody on earth has ever been a better shooter. Mm-hmm. I think he took that mantle a, a few years ago uh, when he just he, he really he set all the records a few. That's what's crazy too. He set all the records a few years ago, and now he's just adding on to those stats. Right now he's yeah. just adding to it. And as as wild as like last game, he was zero for nine from three, sixteen points still. So it's not. It was a bad game for Steph Curry's. Um, kind of relativity, but but not a terrible game all around, and his team still won. So um, it, it's kind of crazy there. But, no, I'm with you, and I, I think that's something we kind of get caught up in too, is you see the LeBron Jameses of the world. You see the Tom Brady's of the world nowadays. Even, like, I know he was kind of a shell of himself the last few years. Even Peyton Manning at one point, we thought he was done and just it was over, and then he comes back to Denver for a few more years, Sets crazy records uh, that one year with Demarius Thomas and, and a couple of other guys on that team wins a Super Bowl. Yeah, you know, like I so. Will say this, this it, to like me, like I said, it was but, different. But this like, to me it is wasn't different because him. that was the carcass of Peyton Manning for sure. But like, what I'm trying to get at is we've been spoiled with athletes, especially when they beat Seattle. It was vintage Peyton. Yeah, when they beat when they beat Carolina, Carolina it was, was it was yeah. a little different. Yeah, for sure, but. Well, what I'm what I'm saying is like we've we've been spoiled with these great stories of great players, kind of going on further than all of us thought possible. Yeah. And I would, that's the thing. That's why I kind of throw Peyton Manning in there because I thought he was done, and, and then he comes back and and wins some more. But all that being said, yeah, for sure. Um, I, I think this is maybe something people need to pay a little bit more attention to. Because I think what I, I some of the, pay attention. I think I think just appreciate it. Appreciate for sure. Yeah. But I think like even some of us, you know, it's it's easy to see kind of baby face Steph Curry and be like, yeah, he's still young. He's still energetic. He's yeah. he's up there, man. He's yeah. he's thirty four years old. Like you said, it, it might, you know, the the old NBA and the old sports scene. He probably might be retiring after this year at thirty four. You yeah. know, I just wonder. So, I wonder if his style of play plus the era that he plays in like lends itself helps. towards longevity. Yeah, because he doesn't really get involved with the trees. He's not getting banged up down in the paint too much. Yep, playing that point point guard position or he'll, he'll it's different, right? There's it's positionless basketball at this point. I mean, <laughs> yeah. hell, Draymond Green runs up the floor like a fullback mm-hmm. a lot of times, just at full sprint. That's honestly my favorite Warriors play. Is if Draymond comes down with the board, he is pushing the ball as hard as he can yep. towards the hoop, which is reckless abandon, then just kind of like flinging it at somebody or tr- or going for the hoop. But that being said, Steph, I think his body and the way he plays and just the era that we are, are in kind of lends itself more towards longevity for him. Absolutely. But at the same time, again, your joints can only take so many trips up and down the court. And I mean, remember early in his career, thankfully he's kind of gotten over them a little bit, but. I think I think we like any athlete knows if you injure yourself, it never really goes away. It it gets better, but it never really goes away. So like early in his career, he was going through several different yeah. injuries with his ankles, his knee, things like that. So that's something that could even weigh in on you know him 
maybe being done in the next three or four years. But no, I'm with you. Like like you said, I've I've really enjoyed this series. I've really enjoyed this postseason, and for sure, I I think I'm trying to watch every game and every highlight I can of not only his but of this series just because I think it's been enjoyable. I know every game hasn't been within one point by any means, but I think it's been an enjoyable series, and I hope it goes seven just because of that. But also, yeah, absolutely. Uh, appreciate appreciate greatness while you have it, I think, is, is one of the best things we can say. And I know sometimes you need to be reminded of that. Some people don't want to hear that with yeah. certain teams and certain players. Like Certainly no one around here wants to hear that about Alabama, but I think you and me can agree that there's a certain level of appreciation of oh, greatness yeah, no, that's like, like, once, that once, you should have. So, Like the teams I care about are out. I have no problem just like watching. Like I loved watching the Patriots. I, right? Yeah. Like I just, yeah. To me, I understand that sometimes you want to go see the indie film and of course. you want to appreciate the underdog, right? But every yeah. now and then it's cool to just like see the latest Steven Spielberg movie. Uh, absolutely. Right? Like yeah. sometimes it's, it's just That's cool. That's what this is. Sometimes it's dope to go watch the latest Denzel movie, right? Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, it's going to be awesome. So it's like when it's, it comes to watching LeBron in the finals, I know people root against LeBron because you just, you want the underdog to win, right? I like watching Picasso paint. Yeah. And it, it's cool. For me to watch the best so like when tom brady's playing with the patriots i like watching that right i like watching bill belichick and tom brady team up when you have alabama defenses through the early 2010s right yeah to me that's just awesome to watch i like watching the best at what they are in the world do what they do mm-hmm. and so like watching steph curry shoot threes even though he was not the best in the world over nine was the final stat line yeah but yeah. watching steph curry do steph curry things in the finals is watching Picasso paint. Yeah. Right? Like, just no room. Shots that are bad shots by anyone else are great shots for him. Just, like, you give him the slightest bit of air. Yeah. And he's going to punish you. And so here are the streaks that came to an end the other night. 233 straight games in regular season and playoffs was a three-pointer. 132 career playoff games with at least one in a row. Yeah. And then 38 straight playoff games with multiple makes. Insane from three. You want to talk about? Yeah, that I mean that that's insanely wild. It it did come to an end, but still, again, gets gets the win and whatnot. But you want to talk about paintings and whatnot? Think like in my mind, it's this is more like a great trilogy, right? Where like the first one is obviously Steph Curry's struggles with injuries and whatnot. They go on, they win the championship with that first team. The second one is like the Empire, whatever, with Kevin Durant joins, and you win a couple more. you, You you. unbeatable crazy yeah what's i think even more to be appreciated is this is steph curry back in his main role but also in a different role whereas you have steph curry just going insane and being vintage steph curry from three and everything for most for the most part during this finals but you also kind of have clay thompson and steph curry like part of the reason why they're winning this series is the guys they have around them and the younger like crew that they're grooming up like Jordan Poole and Gary Payton the second and Andrew Wiggins even popping off there yeah. in that last game. So like, uh, not not I wouldn't like I want to put Andrew Wiggins in there as an and run. I think he outside of like Steph Curry has maybe been the most important player for them yeah. in the series. Yeah, because when he's not putting up twenty points, I believe he had a twenty rebound game. Yeah, in one of those games, so like he's been unbelievable. And like you talk about a career arc, a guy who was considered for a bust, sure. disappointment, mm-hmm. right? Get him the hell out of Minnesota, and look, all of a sudden. He's one of the best players in the finals. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, a lot that location and just yeah. kind of the people around you 
uh, what, what, what they can do for you. So I just hope people just yeah. watch it and appreciate it because Boston's going to be back. They're one of the best young cores in the NBA. Don't know how much longer with Draymond and Clay and Steph. And it seems crazy because, like you said, it seems like yesterday they were like the new kids on the block kind seems of like changed everything. Started. Yeah. And it's been a decade. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like, think about it's been – He's, he, Steph Curry's 34 years old. That, that means he's been in the league for at least like 13, yeah. 14 years. I mean, it's crazy. Okay, game, what, six coming up tomorrow night? Golden State currently leads 3-2. to two. Is this, If you're a Golden State fan and, like, say, potentially season ticket holder, are you rooting for them to win tomorrow night? Or are you, like, potentially doing the weird selfish <laughs> thing where you're like, Oh, I want you to win it back in Golden State. That's always that's always tricky. Uh, I think you want the championship no matter what, but that's the thing is like you get a chance to get tickets to Game Seven. Even if Boston wins at Golden State with with the core they have, kind of, I, I don't know. Of course, I'd want to see it go seven. And yeah, you're right. Like. You want to see them celebrate on their home court, especially if you're in the building well, and can like, be in the like building. Like, celebrating, like probably it's like, would be if voting you're a fan for that. of yeah. the team. What's better, seeing your team win it on TV, and we're just assuming you don't have the money to go watch the game in Boston, yeah, right? or the ability, right? Seeing your team win it on TV, or just experiencing a game seven in your home stadium, yeah, regardless of the outcome. I mean, there, there's a lot of different things that that can bring too, because like you know they're going to be celebrating in the in the city no matter what. But like, if you're in the home stadium, like yeah, you can be in the in the home stadium, in the in the gym, or you can be outside. I'm sure there's several different venues around the area that they can go to. So like, it's it's just a completely different energy all around. So I'm sure if I was a fan, I'd probably be rooting for it to go back to Golden State. It's not like wow. I, I saw yeah man, I saw the uh, a highlight of Kobe Bryant last night winning the first championship without Shaq. That's the one they won over Dwight Howard and the Orlando Magic. And it's just so odd watching them celebrate in a dead silent stadium yeah. of the Orlando Magic, hey, just kind of jumping Braves, up and down on the their Braves center. The Braves won in it's Houston. Just, I don't, you want the win no matter what. Yeah, yeah, I don't care if they won on Mars. Yep. Understandable. It's crazy. So long, so long as we got to watch that ship. Maybe even makes it a little bit better because you get to watch the fans being sad. Yeah, sure, but I don't know. Watching Game 7 at home, though. That's different, dude. It is. Yeah. All right, let's take a quick break. we got more to talk about here. When that PJ helped me uh, reclassify some stuff that people throw a phrase around a lot in college football, I'm going to get PJ to help me either reclassify or maybe he's going to say uh, the standard is set and, it's, and it should stay that way. So we'll dive into that. Also, there's going to be a college basketball game in a weird venue coming up this year. That should not be news to anyone because they play college basketball at very weird places. I'm not a fan of of where they're playing this one at. So we'll dive into that next. This is Second Down on ESPN Radio. Second Down on ESPN Radio is presented to you by the Uniform Source. Christian Gokel alongside PJ Zuko. All right, PJ, when I say sport being played in another arena, like outside of its typical venue, what's the first thing that comes to mind for you? Over the past... 10 or 15 years, I've seen this a lot. So the first thing that comes to mind is hockey nowadays. Okay. Like honestly, it. like yep. the the outdoor games, and played them in Fenway Park. I believe played them in uh, Soldier Field before. I think that's been like, I don't know. That's the first thing that comes to mind for me, personally. So for me, 
there's a few. Number one, college football and NASCAR stadiums. Or should I that call it was, tracks? Yes. That was one of the coolest things. That Tennessee, Virginia Tech played at Bristol. Yeah. That was I incredible. think there's another one. I think they've done I think Tennessee's done that twice. And it might have been at Bristol both times. No, they've only done Bristol once, and that's that's what I don't because I thought it was incredible. It was a, like the largest college football crowd ever as well, because yeah. they literally had more seats than any other stadium. I, I thought it was incredible, but it's the only one they've played there. Um obviously NHL yeah. at NFL stadiums. So like playing a game inside Lambeau. Yeah. And I think they've done it even in college football stadiums. I think they did it at Camp Randall. I think there was one scheduled for Beaver Stadium like before. I think it was yeah. during COVID, so they didn't end up well, doing you know, it. But. Listen, you know I love Beaver Stadium as much as the next saying, guy. Like, I don't know I, that it gets I, cold I, enough. What? I don't know that it gets cold enough. No, I, I, okay. There's does it, like does at it least, get as cold as, as Wisconsin? No. Okay. There's like a month and a half there. There's a window. There's a window. And then I think the peak of playing a sporting event on a different arena, because this was like straight out of a video game. Yeah. Basketball on an aircraft carrier. That was the most amazing thing I've ever seen. Right? Yeah. It was incredible. Everything I mean, about it was beautiful. Has there ever been a cooler sporting venue ever? Like, I think that's better than the Rose Bowl. <laughs> all in all? What other sporting venue can potentially take over another country? <laughs> Just with just with the one aircraft carrier. Correct. You're probably right. Um, I mean, just imagine Top Gun <laughs> with a basketball game, like the court and everything happening. Yeah, that was. I think at very least, of the obscure games and obscure locations, no, we flipped of it sports. We flipped I think it that was the best. We one. flipped it around at this point, PJ. We're doing NASCAR. Races at college football stadiums. We did, and that was incredible was too. The Coliseum or the Rose Bowl? The Coliseum. I mean, yeah, that was great. They had the cars like coming through the yeah. the arches and stuff. It was so cool. Well, here's what's not great, and just in my opinion, <laughs> uh, announced recently, coming up in 2022 on November 11th, the Brew City Battle. So obviously, you know this is happening in Milwaukee. You will have Wisconsin men's basketball taking on Stanford. And on the women's side, you'll have Wisconsin taking on uh, Kansas State at American Family Field where the Milwaukee Brewers play their games. Yeah, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. No. And they've they've put out some mock-ups of it. And, I mean, basically from first base to third base is where the court's going to go. And they're going to have some stands like on top of second base. But, I mean, that's that that's it right there. No, oh god. Yeah, right. It's terrible. There is no crowd presence at all. Like that's that's part of the reason you. Uh, part of the reason I I like watching basketball is the the fan presence and and a lot of times with these stadiums you feel like they're right on top of you. Right. Just the. You don't have stadiums. You have field houses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah true. But no, I you mean have arenas. That's, that's that's just off. Like just I, off. I'm just gonna be honest. I'm not even a huge fan of the NCAA tournament putting like the final four inside of like football stadiums. stadiums. Yeah. yeah. I understand the whole point is they're going to sell a hundred thousand seat or a hundred thousand tickets. And that's why they do it. I'd rather than be in basketball yeah. stadiums, but I, 
semi-disagree. Like, I think it's fine. I, like, I think the football stadiums are okay. Again, because they also, like, they, they build the presence in enough to where the crowd is still basically right there, um, e- even though they're not on court level with everyone. Um, so, but we'll I think cool those atmosphere. are okay. We'll be a cool atmosphere. Mercedes-Benz Stadium for a national championship or the Garden? Oh, the Garden, absolutely. So like, yeah, No, for sure. So, like, just because it's more people doesn't mean it's better. Um, but we're both on the same page that you should absolutely not bad. be playing a basketball game inside of a MLB park. No, there's because the, there's no way to make that right. There's no way to, to give the The geometry the doesn't same, work. It just doesn't. Which, no. can I go off on like just a completely weird tangent real quick? Sure. Do you know what the distance is between home plate and first base? It's 90 feet, right? 90 feet, right. Yeah. Do you know what the distance is between first base and second base? 90 feet? No. Wow. Yeah. Kevin, did you know this? Yeah, I don't know. Is it like 87? Kevin, if you're listening, nod your head. He's probably not. He's not listening. He's watching Live Golf. Highlights. Probably. Highlights. Getting ready for the Open. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's 88 and a half feet. Yeah, I had no idea. That's Just because of the geometry, so where they would have the umpire standing so they could make calls a little bit easier, they just kind of, basically, if you're looking at it like a diamond, they squeeze the diamond in a little bit at the top. Oh, so they're yeah. making it shorter. Yep. So from first or from home to first, ninety feet. Well, I'm sure the third to home is ninety feet as 90 well. Ninety feet, right? Yeah. But from first to second to second to third, eight, eight and a half. There you go. I had okay. no idea. So that makes it. That means it's more, even more impressive to steal home, because you got to go a foot and a half longer. Or does it make it less impressive to steal second? Oh, it's definitely less impressive. No, without a doubt. And it's also less impressive to steal third from second because the pitcher is literally facing the other way. I had no idea. And this has all been brought up because they're talking about making the bases bigger. Yeah, that is pretty crazy. I will say, to get back on the stadium argument, that's why football in a baseball stadium isn't that bad. Because the... Yeah, it's a bigger game. The geometry of it isn't that bad with the stands relatively to the football field. Yeah, I don't think that's bad at all. But you take a insanely smaller venue. It's like putting Brit I I I know with my NASCAR analogies again, it. but like it's like putting Bristol inside of Daytona, but then telling the fans, "No, you still got to sit in the normal grand, uh, grandstands yeah. for Daytona, but you're watching Bristol in the middle." Like that no, that's ridiculous. We'll give you like 10 seats around the track, but other than that, you got to sit in the normal stands. That's Insanely terrible. I still maintain that I would like to see like a big time college football game or just like an NFL scrimmage at a high school stadium. Just so if you're a fan and you get to observe that, you can realize how big those human beings are. Yeah. Because I've had people legitimately ask me and don't mock them. If you're listening to this, (laughs) there's no such thing as a stupid question. All right. Okay. I've legitimately had people ask me, are college football and NFL fields bigger than high school fields? And I'm like, nah. Yeah. And I was like, it's just you 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 watch it on TV and you don't realize yeah. how big and fast those dudes are. Because you get right. out in person and watch a high school game, you're like, this can't be the same size. Agreed. It's I've actually 120 I mean, yards. I'm not gonna lie, I've done the same, not like the first time I went to an NFL stadium or a college football stadium, I kind of thought like, oh wait, no, it's really just this big. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. I'll I'll say it. Then again, I was like ten years old. But yeah. 
still, I was like, holy cow, this is still just 100 yards. And like you said, they're just they're that big and that fast. And the TV does a really good job of making everything seem a little bit bigger as well. When yeah. Zooming in and whatnot makes the makes uh, the field seem insane. It seems but, smaller in person. Yeah, yeah. But like you said, like in your mind when or you're watching on TV, yeah. yeah, when you're watching on TV, it's like there's no way that these giant human beings and f- insanely fast human beings are playing on the same field as my Friday night high school football game. But it, no, it really is. Can I go off on another tangent here? Because I love now, tangents. We're, now we're talking about football on sure. TV. I don't know what it is, but TV executives have to figure out something. And this is a very niche problem, but it's someone that Georgia fans will know what I'm talking about. Noon games at Stanford Stadium are rough to watch on TV. Okay. Noon games at Stanford Stadium are rough to watch on TV because it looks like, you know, like in movies that are on Mars, they put like the sepia. And so it kind of has that like orange overlay to it. Yeah. It looks like George is playing on Mars. Is do you think it's just cuz all the red in the stands or I don't know what it is. And it's just like cuz if you've ever been to it in person, yeah, there's a lot of red in the stands, but I mean even like the grass looks like tannish red. Yeah. And it's just like for whatever reason, I don't know if it's just like how the I'm I'm not I'm not a scientist. All right, I'm just going to put it out no, there. No, I mean, that's fine. Right, but I did say the Motel and Express. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if it's just like how the different colors come into the camera and how it filters that and what it looks like. But it like Georgia games are like hard to watch. Like even like their uniforms look like a different color. Like it's more orange. I would say maybe it depends on the channel. I, I think it's a distinctly ESPN problem. Yeah, because okay. when I watch CBS do the games, it does not look like that. Okay, okay. And I will that, also that say this: I think it maybe is when they bring in like the second tier, because usually noon games yeah. aren't the big ones. Because when they had game day there last year, and that was the Herb Street game, yeah, did not look like that. They don't have like that. But when you play in Missouri, and you're sitting Kevin Nagandi down there, and I love Kevin Nagandi, I don't want any sure. shots taken. No, it's just it's not the Herb Street game. All of a sudden, Georgia looks like they're playing on Mars. Although he is a Temple fan, so maybe hey, what's wrong maybe with we should take take some shots there at Kevin Nagandi. But no, anyway, um, I can see what you mean. Obviously, also too, like all of the new. That's probably a good point about the second tier and and different like kinds of broadcast We're equipment not and whatnot. In the first string cameras. No, and we all know, like we all can tell, the eight o'clock games or the big noon games, whatever. You get those new like premier cameras, and and it looks like it's a video game. Like it's it's insanely cool. It's insanely clear. So it would make sense if they brought like some of the older cameras to some of those other games. And let's face it, technology, like the longer time goes on, the the crazier technology advancements are are like going right. So like a difference between a camera. From like 2005 and 2008, probably wasn't that big. A difference between a camera from like 2018 to 2022 yeah. is probably pretty huge. So I don't know. I can see that. I can see that for sure. Also, I will say I don't have a lot to throw into this because <laughs> when Georgia was playing noon games last year, normally by the middle of the first quarter it was 20 something to nothing. So I fair. wasn't watching them anymore. It's fair. I'll be honest. I didn't watch every second of Georgia playing football last year. A lot of times it was 20, 24 to nothing. I'm going to try to show really PJ quick. an example of this. 
during the break, but we do have to take a break. <laughs> We're going to come back. I'm going to get PJ to help me reclassify something around college football. That's coming up next right here on ESPN Radio. Second out on ESPN Radio is presented to you by the Uniform Source, two different locations in Savannah to take care of all of your uniform needs. PJ, I'm not sure. crazy, right? I don't think so. You saw it on. You saw what I showed you on YouTube. Oh, I thought we were just talking generally. No, um, no I, I actually did, yeah. And we looked at an example from 2016. We looked at also at an example from 2021. And it seems like, especially, just to break it down even more a little bit, especially the side cameras yeah. for like, the where you're, like, specific when you're, like, games. Like, actually, like, watching the action of the game. Yeah, yeah. Is, is blurry. It's maybe off-color and off-tint a little bit. It looks a little faded. Um, but once it goes to, like, the highlight camera, it's pretty clean, pretty crisp. Yeah. But that side camera especially is, is off. So I'm, I'm with you. All right, it cool. might be one of the older models or something like that. Who knows? But, know. no, I'm with you. I'm just, I'm just glad, I'm not, I'm glad I'm not the only one. All right? Uh, that being said, I need your help with something, PJ. And I, I know you're always available to help. So, I mean, when you're here on time. But. Yeah, other than when <laughs> everything is happening that I told you during the break. Like, we don't it's, have to. It's fine. That would take forever. So I think a lot of things are fluid, and we like to stick to our guns on stuff, and we like tradition, but I think when we talk about something like we're about to talk about, we eventually have to move the time frame in which we're using. And so I want to talk about Blue Bloods. Okay. Yeah. All right. Because if you ask people around college football, you'd say, who are the Blue Bloods? You'd say Alabama. Say Ohio State. You'd say Notre Dame, right? Michigan, USC, Texas, Nebraska, right? Those are the been there, done that, been there for a long time. I, I'd put Penn State because of Joe Pa and just how long they were able to do it with him, right? Blue bloods of college football. Right, you you can watch all the old black and white footage of them with their Heisman Trophy. When I talk like this, <laughs> like right when everyone talked like that, they yep. were really good. Yep. Right. I feel eventually someone needs to be sitting down doing the same thing we're doing 30, 40 years from now, and instead of talking like this, they're talking about Brent Musburger. Right. Like that's yeah. going to be the voice of the olden days. True. Right. Or the Brad Nestlers. Right. Those are going to be the voices of the olden days, and if that's the case. Teams who are irrelevant right now, should they still be considered Blue Bloods in 10, 20, 30, 40 years, or should they still be considered Blue Bloods right now? Yeah, no, that's uh, so I'm just gonna, I, it's a very interesting question. Because, I mean, listen, Georgia Tech was beating the hell out of Cumberland way they, back they in the day. They certainly were. But, again, if, if you're talking about, like, the OG Blue Bloods, like, you got to bring Yale. up Ar- like Army. Yeah, Yale. They're dominating everybody. The OG Bulldogs. Yeah. So. We don't talk about yell like that anymore. No, we don't. And that's what's crazy is some of the people I think that are even classified as blue bloods today to a lot of people that you talk to, they just kind of name the the programs that were big and that, that had a lot of notoriety but didn't really win a lot still. Like, you threw Michigan in there, and I think a lot of people would. How many championships do they have? Not a ton. I think they have, like, one. I think they've won, like, one national championship. In their entire history? I don't know if that's true. I don't know. Yeah, that sounds like a piss. Either way, it's been, like, right. probably. It's, it, either way, it's at least been, like, 30 or 40 years since they have won one. Since the 90s, right? Yeah, it's been, like, 30 years. 
Yes, I mean it's not false. It's not. It's not far away. No, no, it's it's been thirty years. Oh God. Since since certain years in the nineties, yeah. What have what have we done? Uh, claimed national titles, they have eleven. But claimed. here's here's my point. claimed. Here's my point. Ten of their claimed national titles: 1901, 1902, 1903, 1904, 1918, 1923, 1932, 1933, 1947, 1948, and then 1997. I would love to see how many other teams have claimed national championships for those same years. Because probably they just went undefeated. Hey, they, have and five, there was... they have five unclaimed. 1925, 1926, 1964, 1973, and 1985. How would you like to be the publication that names a team a national champion? And they're like, nah. <laughs> yeah, how does we that don't. even happen? We're good. How does that work? That's We're wild. Good. No, but I think like that's one thing, uh, again, like you said, we have to revisit. And it's just, is one national championship in the last... 30 years or 25 years, something that we're really going to say, yeah, they're a blue blood. And I, I don't know if that's right. I don't know if that's true. And even then, I think you're like, yeah, I'm saying that about my school too. You're taking them out of the fold also because they haven't won one since the 80s. So, uh, but see, so, I don't know that national championships are the only qualifier. I don't hear. Yeah. I think like all Americans and just like, sure. and your recruiting prowess and players you're putting into the NFL and all that. But Nebraska. It's been 30 years since your heyday. Yep. Are you still considered a blue blood? It's really been a long time since they've been in contention for anything. Yeah. I, th- I think they've gone to one Big Ten national. Uh, <laughs> I think they've gone to one. South Carolina has been to more conference championships recently than Nebraska, than Nebraska. has. Yeah, absolutely. And even then in the in in the Big 12, they were only really relevant when Indomitian Sue was there. That one year, he went crazy. They went, went to the Big 12 championship, lost like 12 to nine to Colt McCoy. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, I think I think you have to. It's a it's a moving target, right? Like you can't keep everyone like long, who was in there in the early 1900s. You can't say, still how keep long them are in the there. 1901 national championship still relevant? Right, and it's we're not taking those away. We're not that's saying like pre forward one, but at the same time, it's like, okay, what is that doing for you in 2022? Not a lot, or. Really, what has that done for you for the past 20 years? Not a lot. You know, so... Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I would... It, it is like a, a moving target. I think I would paint the Blue Bloods because there has to be the longevity, right? You can't just have, oh, this team's been good for the past five years. They're a Blue Blood. Why don't we do it this way? And again, like you said, blue, it's not even... Who were the Blue Bloods good. when we were kids? I'd say that's probably the ones that were, right? Yeah. So let's subtract... 20 years. Is that fair? In, so in like, what way? So let's, we'll start at 1900. What? I wasn't born in and 1900. Then, and so we'll erase everything pre-1920. Doesn't count. Is that enough? Or do you have to go more? You have to go farther back? Is that what you no, mean? No, you have to, or or you have to like cut off more. Like, like when is the cutoff that we can start saying is relevant history to make you a blue blood? 70, 1970? I'd say for this, like that's the thing, is this generation of college football has changed so much also. Yeah. I, I'd say maybe like the 70s or the 80s probably okay. because that's, that's stylistically college yeah. football has changed so much. So that's one of the reasons why the blue bloods in 1950 – Aren't the same blue bloods that we have now. You leave, you leave Yale alone. I'm just saying. 
Sorry. Right, so it's I, a different time. We, we've run out of time on today's show, so we, I, I think we've set the standard for when we can start determining if you were a blue blood or not. Yeah. And you're just eliminated. Like, the rest of it you just soon. eliminated 10 of Michigan's national championships, so way to go. You don't think that was planned? You don't <laughs> think I did that on purpose? That was absolutely <laughs> planned. Let's take a break. We're going to come back and get you ready for three and out next. <laughs> Second out on ESPN Radio 3 and out coming up next. Guys, going to be joined by Cam Rogers from the Believe Network. Give you all your gambling insider tips as we get ready uh, for the U.S. Open to get going tomorrow. That should be plenty contentious. Braves look to keep the win streak going tonight against the Nationals. Spencer Strider on the mound for the Braves. That coming up immediately following 3 and out. If you miss any portion of our show, you can check it out on ESPNCoastal.com or wherever you get your podcasts.